This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello, welcome to the Blueprint Review Podcast. Uh, this is David. This uh, is Chris. Chris. And we've got Darren in... Uh, and I'm Darren. Yeah, over in Gay Paris. Uh, yeah, we're going to whiz through it. We don't is it possible to say Paris without saying Gay Paris? I don't think it is. No. We, we have to resort to the cliches. Uh, it seems to be that um, everyone says that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't probably... know if it's um, people trying to um, suggest something about me. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably quite fed up with it by now. Um, right, tonight we are really, really rushed for time, so we're going to keep it under half an hour, hopefully. Uh, so we're going to skim the trailers, uh, because, I don't know, we haven't got lots to talk about trailer-wise anyway, nothing's too exciting. Uh, so we're going to whiz straight into what we've seen. Uh, me and Chris have seen quite a few, you've only seen a couple, Darren. Uh, yeah, The Hobbit and Wolf on yeah. Wall Street. We'll start with... The Railway Man, which we actually saw quite a while ago. I think it's only just come out a couple of weeks ago, but we saw one of these sort of early early preview screenings, um, yeah, just before Christmas. Uh, yeah, and The Railway Man. Railway Man's uh, about Colin Firth is a sort of a railway enthusiast uh, who was a prisoner of war in World War II, uh, so obviously he's treated horrifically and all this sort of stuff. And it's, uh, but it's, it's, when you move later, into later in his life, which is those bits are set in the eighties, uh, it's it's really disturbed him. It's really like it's it's make it's sort of made him very insular, and he's has these bizarre sort of episodes, sort of almost sleepwalking and stuff. Uh, and his and his new wife Nicole Kidman, she's really unhappy about it and wants to do something about it. Uh, and along the way, he finds out, uh, Colin Firth finds out that um, one of the guys who sort of tortured him is still alive. Uh, over in Japan, so he um, he goes over to find him, and yeah. uh, you never and he's quite running, running tours of the ex prisoner of war camp. Yeah, yeah. So and you don't quite know what uh, Colin Far- uh, Colin Far- I want to say Colin Farrell, but Colin Far- you quite want to see what Colin Farrell's going to do. Uh, but yeah, we obviously won't tell you that. Yeah, Rover Man. Got any thoughts on this, Chris? Yeah, no. Um, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an odd one. Um, because it's it's a fascinating story, and when I saw the trailer, it, I, it was one I I really like picked out of one to want to try and catch. And these early tickets came up, and we were, I was quite excited about going to see it. But just just each element of it doesn't quite hit the mark. It starts with this very strange like opening of Colin Firth on a train traveling the length and breadth of the country, and it seems like that's all he really does. He doesn't appear to have a job, does he? Right. Um, and he's He's just on this train, travelling along, reading his railway timetable, as you do, and suddenly Nicole Kidman sits in front of him and they have this wonderful conversation about catching the 1430 from Carlisle to Glasgow and it's a, it's this really dull scene. But suddenly, you know, she's fallen in love with Colin Firth talking about his timetables and um, within what feels like the space of a month they've got married. Um, 
you don't really get a feel of the timeline. Yeah, the it's whole really piece. bad. Like, I, I wasn't even sure it was set in the 80s. I thought it was the present day at first. And it was like, hang on, how can he have been a prisoner of war in the Second World War? It's yeah, very he's still, he's still too young. Yeah, it's say so you've got this 60 year old man just randomly falls in love and gets married. Um, you don't really get a feeling whether he was previously married or anything like that. But all you're getting is this, this dark story um, of. You know, this past he's had through through kind of flashbacks and this torture, he's still suffering now. So he, he starts to become quite violent and things like that. Um, and yeah, you, you go back to his time in, in the prison of war camp and um, the younger Colin Firth is played by um, Jeremy Irvine, um, who does a pretty good job, really. He's, a, he's, he's the better of the two. Um, Colin Firth isn't quite on the money with this one. It's, I think he did a decent enough job. Yeah, I think it's it felt like he didn't really care about it much. Him, it yeah. just didn't I really... Know. I don't know. It, it, it's, not, it's not a particularly long role. You spend most of the film in the past, um, which is understandable. But, um, yeah, it's just the, the sequences um, in the Prison of War camp, they, they, they're kind of a bit long. You don't really... It's telling the story, but you don't really get yeah. a feeling of the kind of the torture that's. No, I mean to be honest, him and him and his friends, because they're engineers, they actually get treated better than a lot of the other prisoners. Uh, but it's building the, the way it works is it keeps building as towards the fact that there's been one sort of big moment where he's taken away and gets the most horrific treatment done to him, and that's kind of that kind of was one of the problems I had with the film. It's it's it sounds a bit odd because obviously it's based on a true it's based on a true story, and I don't want to. I don't want to claim that what happened to him wasn't horrific because it obviously was horrible um, and and barbaric. But the way the film builds it and builds it, um, it you expect this really horrific scene uh, of revelation at the end where you can't barely watch it on screen. It's like fuck, I can't believe that happened. But I think <laughs> I think because we've seen so much horrible stuff on films in the past, it's uh, and we'll, we'll go on to talk about this in twelve years of slave later. Um, then. When he actually shows it, it was like, oh, is, th- is that it? <laughs> I almost felt, which sounds, it's it's horrible, very insensitive since it's a true story, but it kind of, it didn't have that impact that it yeah, should have it's done. A lot, it's a lot, in it's terms a lot of, of films. Fil- yeah, in terms of filmmaking, it didn't have that horrible sort of visceral impact that it, it probably should They've have done. sort of glossed over it yeah. to, to get a lower rating. And... And, and that was my general problem with the film as well, was just talking of glossing over it. Just, I think it skimmed over everything and it skimmed over everything uh without sort of pacing up. Usually if a film skims over things, it can at least work in terms of its fast pace and it's enjoyable. But this isn't. It skims over things, meaning you don't really get the depth, you don't get the sense of the relationship, you don't get the sense of the torture, you don't get the sense of anything, and which means it, it, it just becomes a weak film. But rather than pacing up, it, it's just really dull. It's really slow, really slow. It feels about twice its length almost. It's... Yeah. it's uh, yeah, I, I didn't. It's didn't a shame because it's a fascinating yeah. true story, and it's yeah. it's been. And there's some good talent behind it. I mean, the performances are good. I I, I thought Colin Fa- uh, Colin Firth did did well with the role. I just think the writing, and so I just don't think uh, he had enough to play with really. But I, I think he did he did well enough. I think it, it, all the performances were fairly decent. But it's more. Well, case of... I was in the, obviously Thailand in the summer. I obviously 
I went to the museum about th- th- this whole thing and it tells this guy's story in the museum and you can buy the book there. And then that's when we found out that the film was coming out. So mm. I was actually quite excited about it, actually. But um, it sounds like I definitely shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're probably being quite quite harsh on it. But yeah. I think I'm being, I'm being more harsh on it because I was quite excited by the story and the trailer looked quite really interesting. And it's the kind of film I would normally go in for. It's based on true story. It's historically... And, I, you know, I quite... I would go in for it. It's, it's kind of made for me, but they didn't make this one for me. It just no. didn't work. No. But anyway, uh, let's lead straight into 12 Years a Slave then, speaking of brutality. Uh, 12 Years a Slave, we won't go into too much detail for the synopsis because it's, it's quite simple in terms of what happens. But basically there's... Uh, God, I can't pronounce his name. The lead actor. <laughs> Does anyone know how to pronounce oh, his name? Yeah, it's... Oh, no. Shoot, shoot. I don't want to try because it'll just sound wrong. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the main character... Again, this is based on a true story and, and a, a novel. And uh, he is a, a, a free uh, African-American uh, in the time sort of before the, uh, uh, before the abolishment of slavery in America. And uh, he, he lives in New York... A free man, uh, a respected musician. He plays the uh, fiddle, violin. Um, and what happens is he gets kidnapped uh, and sold into the slave trade and sort of moved down south to work on the uh, sort of cotton fields and farms and things. And uh, and basically, as, as the title su- suggests, that the, most of the film is him living 12 years as a slave. Uh, and, and yeah, that's it in a nutshell, really. And... Yeah, it's it's a, it's. A, I mean, you've you've probably all seen the ridiculously good reviews for this film, uh, and all the awards it's been winning. It's 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 one of the front runners for best film, um, and it deserves it. It, it is an, a brilliantly executed film. It's very powerful, uh, very well performed, incredibly well directed. Uh, it's just it's yeah. It's very hard to fault it. <laughs> it's very disturbing, which means. Uh, it's quite hard. It's a hard film to love. It's a very easy film to appreciate. It's impressively made, but it's a hard film to love because it is really brutal. It's really heavy going. Yeah, uh, it's the kind of film you only want to watch once. Yeah, exactly. The, the scenes of torture are very, very powerful. Total, totally different from the Railway Man. Whereas the Railway Man glosses over things a little bit and cuts away and things like that. This, this one, you're like, cut, please yeah, cut. It's got these long, <laughs> epic shots, a bit like in Hunger and stuff like that, where it just lingers on this horrible stuff happening, and it's. Uh, it's it's very very powerful. Um, in terms of there were a few little things that bothered. Well, there's only one thing that bothered me, and that's uh, Brad Pitt. I think yeah, you agree with me on this. It's, um, he randomly showed. I don't want to spoil the film too much, um, but he randomly he randomly shows up towards the end. Uh, just out of nowhere, his character's barely. Yeah, he's you not, never really. The character's not even. Really I think that's even is. more of an irritation. Is you're kind of watching it and you, you're quite involved in the story, and then suddenly you're kind of watching it and you think, where did he come from? And is that Brad Pitt with a bad beard chewing some grass, yeah. leaning against something? And you're like, what? Where did he come from? Why? And then yeah. you know, it turns out it's quite a crucial role, and you think this is just wrong. It's yeah. wrong, wrong, wrong. And you know, no, no, nothing against Brad Pitt, great actor, but just doesn't fit with this. No. And he's only in it because of the producer on the film. And it just feels like yeah. that role should have been taken by another actor that didn't just yeah. kind of try and, and take it, the limelight away. And his, his character's like the one of the very few people in the film who's very sort of, um, who's against the, he, he, he feels for the plight of the of the slaves and all this sort of thing. Uh, he's one of the few, very few people who's like that. And the fact that it is this sort of, 
in, in terms of Hollywood style, like one of the biggest stars there is. He's he's a Hollywood god sort of thing, if you want to say. Him showing up and being this sort of goody-goody sort of ultra-nice guy, it really is like, whoa, what? <laughs> Especially in a film that's so brutal and sort of... Uh, it, 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 so that that was the only thing it kind of spoiled the ending for me a little bit but saying that the very finale I found very powerful it's brief and simple but it's very powerful uh, but yeah the, the only other thing I, w- I would say it didn't feel like it had the sort of I like some of the more abstract sort of arty sort of style that you used in Hunger and Shame and there's a few little bits in this but other than that it's a bit more straightforward um which uh, which sounds really bad, but um, I think it was just more. It made me it, it made me slightly disappointed because I really really liked Hunger and Shame, um, but again, this is still so brilliantly executed. You can't really fault it. But it, it does feel like he's kind of tamed some of that that kind yeah. of that arty feel. But yeah. actually, I think it's I think it benefits because of it. I think yeah. it's found a good balance between yeah. telling a good solid story, but also having this this air of just. A director that's just got something yeah. that other people don't. I guess and, it, if you go too arty, I guess it can feel quite cold and yeah, too sort of and you can be isolated from it. Whereas this, you're really in yeah. the story, and he handles music particularly well in terms of they do a lot of the singing. It's a lot of a lot of the music is live with mm. them singing in the fields yeah. and him playing um, his and his fiddle. And stuff, yeah, yeah, it's very it's really nicely handled the music. Mm. And um, I, I quite like the cinematography because it was um, it's. A lot of these, a lot of films, sort of set in the deep south in the summer when people work in the fields and things. They're usually quite beautiful and they hover over the grass and everything. But this, it, he makes it quite. It makes it feel like a harsh environment. It's quite bleached out. There's not too much colour, but not in too much of a sort of a, a way that's not not in too much of a sort of like a documentary style sort of like I know born identity sort of thing. It's more. It just it, it just kind of drains it of life a little bit, and it's yeah. it's quite it's very nicely done. Just feels uh, and it's, real. It's, it's never too pretty, but at the same time, it's the sort of cinematography you can you kind of it's, it it can look quite impressive without looking beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it it is a great film. I, I I did find a few little flaws, as I say, but it's overall it's hard to. Yeah, to, I mean, it, it's nitpicking, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it? Overall, it's a it's a fantastic film, um, and definitely. If it if it picks up best film, it will be deserved. Yeah, cool. Um, should we let okay. you? Uh, if we let you have a little <laughs> moan. rant, a moan about the Hobbit. Okay, yeah, yeah, my film. Okay, yeah. Um, just to continue um, on the theme of torture, I went to watch the Hobbit um, in um, in Paris. It was a bit weird watching it with um, sort of French subtitles and. Um, when they spoke orcish, it was still in French subtitles, so I didn't actually know what was going on. Um, anyway, so yeah, The Hobbit. Um, I won't talk about the story or anything like that. I just sort of presume everyone knows what's going on. Or, or doesn't care. <laughs> or doesn't care, exactly. One or the other. Um, I mean, what I'll start off with saying is that the film doesn't go as low as what the first Hobbit did. For me, the first Hobbit, I mean, it was incredibly bad and incredibly dull, but it had some sort of excruciating aspects to it. Um Obviously, the 60 frames per second was a bit of a disaster. Um, but there was a few scenes. Um, there was the... Was it... You know, the other wizard when he had those weird sled scene. What was that? Can you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, it was just, exactly. It was just Horrible. so bad. There was the, obviously the few songs thrown in there. There's that plate scene, which is probably the worst out of the lot, where there's throwing the plates as they were singing and packing up in Bilbo's house. It was just... I, I, I can remember watching that and thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Um, it, it doesn't go as low as that um, but I think so in a way it sort of allowed me to think about 
the problems that, you know, that it's just dull, you know. It's easy to kind of find, I've scenes like that and I've characters like that and I've things, real things to sort of really moan about. But it's like, actually, these films are just really fucking dull. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't, it's, it's meant to be these big adventure-filled things, but it doesn't, it's just like the worst storytelling you can imagine. Yeah. Um, in that there's no sort of consequence to action and that there's nothing bridging these random moments. Obviously, on this adventure, they re- go, you know, they want to whack him in as many sort of hijinks adventures as possible, but there's nothing bridging them whatsoever other than this main goal of going to find Smaug the Dragon. Um, so what happens is they just hop from one to the other in these really contrived moments. I mean, the worst example of it, which sort of like typifies what I'm saying, is that when they see this... Get, they escape this sort of like orcs castle or domain or whatever and then once they've escaped they literally stumble upon this guy who's got this fucking boat on a river and then they say oh if we give you some money will you take us to this place that we really need to get to and he's like oh yeah that's where we'll live I'll take you and it's just so excruciatingly awful that there's just no you know that these things just plop in their lap every single time um, so it's just obviously just really bad yeah, in I, that regard. I tended, I tended, uh, I can remember I, I read the book not too long ago. Well, it's probably a couple of years ago now, but just before the first Hobbit film came out, like a year before that. And uh, I, I think that is in the book. The, the book kind of just skims through, uh, skims, it just jumps from sort of uh, adventure to adventure. But it kind of works in the film, in the, sorry, in the, in the book. Because it has this sort of old-fashioned adventure vibe to it, you just you're just having fun. It's like, yeah, what's what's Bilbo going to get up to next? But in the film, because they've attached this sort of gravitas to it that the book doesn't really have, it doesn't fit. So, it, it, as you say, it becomes really dull when it should be a fast, fun little sort of children's movie, I guess. Really, almost the book is a bit more of a children's film than. The book's ideal to, to kind of dip in and out of, and each time you're in an adventure, aren't you? Yeah. In a film, when you sat through them all, you kind of, oh, God, not again. Yeah, and it's just because it's stretched out so far. I mean, it's, it's not a long book, and to turn it into three two-and-a-half-hour movies, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's ultimately the, the kind of main problem with it, is that it almost doesn't know what it is. Like, like you said, the book is this sort of kid-friendly, just sort of like zips through it, this big adventure. You sort of get so caught up in the sort of speed and energy of it, you don't really think about the kind of contrivances or the, the kind of plot holes or whatever. But in the film, when you watch it for seven and a half hours, which is what it's going to be in total, they're so looking glaringly obvious. And I think, in a way, the, the, the point that you just made then, which about... It, you know, it, it's, it's a kid's book. It doesn't deserve this massive epic adventure. I think that tone is what is the biggest fuck-up that kind of Peter Jackson does and that it's it presents itself so seriously. It makes out as if it's so weighty and it's done so earnestly. It's so serious. But then it's it's sort of preposterous in, in kind of in everything it does and with its characters. And I suppose that one of the big things about it is almost like um, it has like cartoon phys- physics, like Looney Tunes, like mm. Acme fucking anvils sort of going on. Um, a couple of examples are like um, one of them is that this is bloke and he's in this horse's car and he's just sat in it and then somebody jumps on the edge of the horse's car and the bloke in it then flies up into the air and lands on a roof about 100 feet in the air, which is like, I'm sure I've seen that in a fucking Tom and Jerry cartoon yeah, or something like that. Uh, another one with um, where oh the big barrel scene. Have you heard about the big special effect barrel scene that everyone's saying is quite exciting? Um, it's not. Uh, I remember it in the book. This big, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, there's a, the dwarves are in these barrels, and one of them sort of like jumps out the river and lands and starts bowling over all these orcs. Like, and the orcs are just flying everywhere, oh, and God. it's just 
I mean, I maybe I don't want to get too serious about it, but it's, it's so fucking ridiculous because as soon as it hit one arc, it would obviously stop, stop still. But it isn't. It's a fucking cartoon. So it bowls through them. <clears throat> but then I just think, but because everything else is presented so drab and dark and miserable and serious and weighty, it just doesn't fit. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, it's just, and it's just all the way through. It's just like, what are you? Are you this silly adventure or are you this really serious epic? Because you're failing on both. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and that, and along with all, obviously they've added that extra elf character who falls in love with a dwarf, and it's yeah. just this unnecessary padding when it's like, it ruins that energy that you talk about from the book when, you know, the meet Smog, which is actually is really impressive, and they're, it's actually quite a good scene, if three times too long, but it is a good scene. But they keep cutting away to this bollock subplot of this elf falling in love with a dwarf, which isn't one, one even in the book, or these characters in this little village or whatever, or Stephen Fry camping it up, thinking mm-hmm. it's still in Blackadder, and it's, 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 even that just drags you out of the moments which are reasonably entertaining. But, I mean, ultimately, for me... Just, just doesn't work at all. I mean, the special effects are pretty crap as well. Um, mm. they're, they're, they're almost trying to do too much, I feel, and they're not quite there yet. Like, smart, the dragon look days, I've always said this, it's like, special effects have nailed characters now, I think. I think a lot of yeah. characters in a lot of films just look amazing. But the certain sort of, compo- I think compositing is so far behind. Yeah. Um, characters, it's all, and it jars so much. I mean, that scene where they're... Um... It was like that in the first film, because that, that, that um, troll king or whatever it was looked amazing, especially in high frame rate. It's so crisp. But um, yeah. but whenever, yeah, whenever it was composited, it just looked so badly green screened. But I don't think it's even just special effects not catching up. I think, because I've seen it done a hell of a lot better than that. I mean, like, gravity, that was all, I mean, all green screened, I guess, and yeah. seamless. But fucking The Hobbit. I mean, I've not seen the new one, but I'm going from the old one. It was horrifically sort of composited. But yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's the same thing, like I say, but... Um... Yeah, massively, massive disappointment. Well, not not really, because I expected it to be shit, to be honest. Yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah. don't bother. Well, don't bother. speaking of disappointments, I think yeah. me and Chris are some of the few people who weren't too keen on American Hustle. Yeah, really? we've seen the light. Although I'm not as bad. I'll let Chris start because I, I must admit I'm not as negative on it as, as Chris is. No, I am negative. It's 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 a it's a monstrosity. I mean, it's. <laughs> Oh, where do you start? I mean, you open with Kristen Bale playing with a hairpiece for 10 minutes and you think, right, well, this is the I level. I like that. <laughs> you, oh, no, God, here we go. It's just, it just doesn't. And to be honest, that's one of the better moments. It's the, in the first hour of this film, it's just, it's just this brown montage of dull, boring characters wandering around dark rooms wearing more brown playing with shit hair. It's, Oh, it just does not work. I was literally—I really was starting to drift off in this film. Um, I, I, I just don't know what the fuss is about, to be honest. The, the characters, there's nothing interesting about them. They don't entertain you. The humour is just, it's just not there most of the time. Mm. Um, you get to the hustle eventually, and you've just got a pretty formulaic hustle yeah. story, which you've seen done better a million times you yeah. know that's that's the thing for me i think because i love a good con man film but um and this this felt as though it's going to set up a nice situation um i i won't we won't go into the plot too much because it's it's, com- it's yeah yeah it's and it, it well no it, there's a yeah it, it's, it's a little bit complicated but it's weak for a con man film but um but 
where most of these films usually sort of work is is in the finale, like stuff like The Sting and, st- and things like that. They usually have a great twist at the at the end, and this one's like, oh, is that the twist? Is that like, it? That's pretty pretty fucking obvious it's and so limp, it yeah. just really fizzles out by the end i mean i mean for me i, I wasn't as i was dis- very disappointed by the film just because the reviews are stupidly like positive it's they are stupidly positive yeah but it um, doesn't make any sense and i went it, and checked back at the reviews yeah. but i thought i must be making something up it can't be this this universally great and they are everybody is saying yeah. how amazing it is i do not see it what i found is sort of within the sort of geeky film bloggy sort of community there is a lot more it's a lot more divisive but in terms of like mainstream press and sort of proper sort of mainstream published reviews it's it's like i think the average score on like metacritic and rotten tomatoes and stuff is like high 90s yeah, it's, like it's crazy it's and uh but yeah but i mean i i enjoyed it it was it was fun but it was never really never really all that funny it was ne- it was it was way too long it was, it's it's just really overlong uh, and it's just kind of just hammy and uh, which kind of worked sometimes but then didn't work other times and it just it just never really lifted off it just the whole thing is just quite average and and it just fizzles out i think people just love it because it's it's all these big big movie stars sort of goofing around and uh, but really the only person who's fun to watch i think is jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence is is great she's but her, she's yeah. got quite a minor role uh, but i think what helps is she's got she, her character's quite Ditsy, and she gets some of the sort of good lines. I love the yeah, bit about she's the, proper scabby, the microwave she? bit was quite funny. Yeah, but um, the science oven, the science oven. I love that. I think I just love the the line, the, the name science oven. But <laughs> but um, it, but yeah, it, just for me, it just I, it's just it, it just does not live up to the hype. I don't understand all the hype. It, I, I, even though personally I thought it was all right. I mean, I'd probably give it a sort of a an all right rating if I reviewed it on the site, but. It's just nothing special at all. Nothing special. It's very forgettable. I can barely remember what the story yeah. is about. Anymore. I saw it on Sunday and I've forgotten the plot. Yeah. It's just, it's that, it's the first half that really, it just depresses you to such an extent that when the con does come, you've kind of, you've, you've lost all faith in the film. You don't, you don't care what happens. You'd, I'd quite happily see them all die in a car crash or something. I just don't, I just <laughs> don't, I just don't give a crap. I just, no. it loses you. That, that, uh, maybe it needs another watch, but I can't put myself through it at the no. moment. Yeah. Did Just, Lindsay put this in her top five of the year? Lindsay was her top number one. Her number of the one year. film. Yeah. Mental. One. Absolutely mental. But Lindsay, it, Lindsay did have Olympus has fallen in it. Oh no, sorry, White House Down or sort of that in her top ten. But anyway, but to, be fair, to be fair, it's it's in a lot of people's top films and it's yeah, yeah. I just don't get it. No. Right, should we talk about the final film we've all actually seen? And it's, the Louis de Wall Street. Yeah, The Wolf of Wall Street. So that's, that's again, another... We've been watching all the oscar sort of films at the minute. Uh, do you want to set us up on Wolf of Wall Street, Darren? You've seen it most uh, recently. Yeah, OK, then, yeah, sure. OK, so it's about... I can't remember what, what the main character's name is. Leonardo DiCaprio, we're yeah. calling it. <laughs> uh, so it's set in the 80s. It's obviously set in Wall Street, and Leonardo DiCaprio, it starts off, um, and he's this... But it tells his story. It starts off in the sort of the present of the film in the eighties, but it goes back in time um, to when he first started out um, in this big Wall Street company just before a crash. Um, and then he was sort of like, desperate for work, and he ends up joining this really sort of small town, two-bit stockbrokers company. Um, and while there, he uses the sort of very brief learning experience he had at this m- huge sort of Wall Street one. 
and he ends up doing amazing business and earning loads of money. And he then sets up his own business with these sort of like ragamuffin friends that he has and builds his company up to be one of the sort of like most renowned on Wall Street and ends millions along the way. And, and the, sort of the film really, I mean, the film doesn't have too much of a plot. It has a plot that kicks in towards the end, but it is more a sort of a showcase of who this character is and the lifestyle that these guys have. Yeah. What is the life of these people who kind of operate in Wall Street in terms of how, in terms of the sex and the drugs and the sort of debauchery of it all and the hedonism of it all and the sexism of it all. Um, like I said, a plot does come into it when he starts getting investigated by the IRA and he needs to yeah, transfer... Right. The IRA? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry? <laughs> by the IRA. You know, remember that famous thing? We're going to try to blow him up. <laughs> the IRA. IRA. Um, but to be honest, I, f- I still feel as if that is... Although for me... That I wish that stuff story came in sooner. It began to sag until it came in. Actually, the film for me is really about this guy, his life, and the kind of, and the world that he kind of sits yeah. in. Um, shall I go straight into what I thought of it? Yeah, yeah. Why not? We, we yeah, have okay, long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. I laughed a lot. Yeah. I thought it was entertaining. I loved sort of being sort of taken into this world that I will never see, this life that I will never experience. I like seeing that. It's almost, you know, this kind of fetishist cinema. And I really loved it in that regard. I didn't, I was one bored that often. I kind of, like I say, before the plot really kind of kicks in, it began to sag a bit, but I've heard, it is very long. But I think I was so entertained by him and the life and the the kind of things that were happening um, that, you know, I didn't really care. I mean, but saying that, I will also say it's probably a slight disappointment, but only through my own expectations yeah. and what I would expect of Scorsese and maybe even Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. in a sense. There was nothing more to it than that. Yeah. It was this surface, superficial look. It was funny. It was entertaining, but there was nothing more to yeah. it. There's no depth. I think, there was no... Yeah. That, that's the thing. I mean, it's... Um... I'd sort of because when I was watching it, it made me think of American Hustle because they both both which is quite weird. It's weird for two of the big Oscar films to be so sort of fluffy. And I, I was comparing the two, and they, they're both kind of they don't neither of them have a lot of substance. They're more just kind of quite fun. But Wolf of Wall Street was like half an hour longer than American Hustle. But felt shorter. It, it did feel too long. I will say this: I thought it was too long. It but is. it, but it was. I, I didn't care. I, I was, I was, I was. I enjoyed the yeah. world they created. I enjoyed what they did. You're on Whereas the American Hustle was just like, oh, it's just kind of all right. You just kind of watch it because you're watching it. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you, Darren. It didn't blow me away. It's nothing. It's nothing special, especially from Scorsese. But um, but it, it is, it is a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, again, Scorsese's sort of punchy sort of style, mixing all his pop music together and. Uh, and sort of throwing continuity editing out of the window and sort of uh, <laughs> and notice a couple. He always has a few dodgy edits in there, but yeah, he gets away. It's kind of his thing to me. It kind of, or his uh, editor's thing. I've got a name now. She's quite famous. Selma Yeah, that's the one. It's, they, they kind of, to them, pace is more important than continuity. <laughs> and, and I kind of don't mind that. I kind of like that. But I, I, do, I do like his style. The only other thing I would say is, I, I, the only thing I find is there's a there's a there's a few of Scorsese's films that follow this same sort of structure and it gets a bit samey. Like for me, it's sort of Goodfellas, Casino, and this all have this sort of epic tale of of one man sort of builds to the top and then sort of fall down, and uh, it, it felt a bit samey in that way. But saying that, this doesn't take itself anywhere nearly as seriously as Goodfellas and Casino, uh, although. Which which I quite I quite liked. It made it more fun. Not that I'm not saying it's better than Goodfellas. It isn't. Goodfellas is 
incredible. I love it. It's one of my favourite films ever. Uh, but I do, I do think Casino is slightly overrated. I think I enjoyed this more than Casino. Um, I, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, I, I laughed throughout it. It was, it was long, but you were on the ride. It didn't really matter. I mean, you could have quite easily lost about probably orgies <laughs> uh, once you've kind of seen a party you've seen a party they could, it could have just easily been tightened up in that way and I think it would have it would have been a hell of a lot better for it I, but, I, I guess because the film's about excess you yeah, sort of thought let's make to, the film for me, the, but... the excess of the parties in themselves and the things he does is enough we don't need to see repetition yeah, to get yeah, the yeah, extent no. of the you know um how just how crazy it was and the weirdest thing you know this is this is the life this is the true story this happened mm. um it's it's weird but you kind of think there's been a lot of talk of you know you're hating the character i didn't hate leonardo's character you kind of think yeah this guy is an absolute fucker but you know he's so it's charismatic it's about just, it yeah. yeah you love it and it's kind of he's good at what he does what he does is is not exactly you know moral but it's no. uh you know it's uh it's good fun. Yeah. And, and Leonardo uh, DiCaprio is great. He's he is great very good. Really great in it. And uh, although a very small role, Matthew McConaughey has a great <laughs> yeah, yeah. little cameo in it. Um, at the very start, it's, it's fantastic. That. Yeah. I love that. Although and the trailer really used almost all of his scenes, which annoyed me a bit. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, I was quite impressed with that. And it, it kind of, he, he really sets up sort of the um, the culture, really, that you're about to go and witness. Yeah. And it, 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 it's a really good way of setting it out exactly what was happening at that time and well what's still happening now but um cool yeah good fun. very very impressive right so we should probably wrap it up because chris has to get off filming uh, i'll quickly run through what's out in the next fortnight uh tomorrow we have uh, dallas buyers club which Can't uh, wait. I, yeah i'm quite looking forward to that the trailer the trailer is quite impressive it, it, it's better than a it's better than i thought it was going to be before i saw any clips of it in terms of expectation, but does that make any sense? Anyway, um, we've got Robocop, which, yeah, is probably going to be pretty shit. It's been getting good reviews. Really? really? It broke today, yeah, like of the, um, what we call the NDAs. Oh, um, right. Really? Because hey, I, 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 I read some today, it panned it. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks atrocious, oh. but, but when I say it's some good reviews, I only read Total Film and Empire. All oh, right. But yeah. yeah, anyway, and also we've got Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which I see three, loads for that. I keep seeing it everywhere. I don't know much about it. It's I'm a sucker for animated films, so I might watch it, but I probably won't. Uh, then we've got The Patrol, which is like a British Afghan war one that we just reviewed on the site today, uh, which sounds reasonably good, nothing special. Then next week we have some awesome films. We've got Her, which we're all looking forward to, and we talked about before. Uh, the Lego movie, which I'm actually really looking forward to. That's supposed to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be very um, good, yeah. Then The Monuments Men, which I was looking forward to, but to be honest, the reviews have been really lukewarm. I'm yeah, quite... have you seen the trailer? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. It doesn't look too special. because no. I think more, it's just the cast are amazing, and I love George Clooney's films. I've enjoyed all of them, and so I was really excited, and now it's it sounds like it's not that I special. Like, I like the story, but it's not. Yeah. It doesn't look, so that's doesn't a shame. look great, that. And then we've got Cuban Fury, the British <laughs> comedy one with uh, what's-his-face in it. Um yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, and then we have Bastards, which uh, it was on in Cannes. Did anyone watch Bastards? It was the Claire, Claire, Denis, Claire Denis, film. Denis film, yeah. I can't remember if anyone watched it. I didn't. Did we? I, I don't know. I what, was it, what was it about? Bastards. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know. I can't remember talking about it, so maybe not. I think Damo might have seen it, but... No, did, oh, I don't know. It didn't go. No, it didn't go. I might have talked about my ass. No, I, I sent Damo a Claire Denis box set to review a while ago, that's why. He hasn't reviewed it. 
anyway, uh, but yeah, that's that's about it of, of note coming out in the next couple of weeks. But it's, yeah, some good stuff. Uh, as ever, check out the website blueprintreview.co.uk. Follow us at Facebook, facebook.com/bpreview. Uh, follow us at Twitter at blueprintrev. And if you want to email us anything, just info at blueprintreview.co.uk. Oh, there's one little thing I will add is uh, I am going to be guesting, guest hosting on um, the Lambcast this week, this weekend, actually Sunday night for there. They're doing a movie of the month uh, and they're after some more people. So I said I'd get involved and we're going to be talking about The Wild Bunch, uh, which used to be one of my all-time favourites, but I've not seen it for about... God knows how many years, so I'm going to give that a rewatch tonight, probably. And, uh, That's advisable. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, tune into that and have a listen, and hopefully I'll I'll be able to plug plug this podcast a little bit. We might get a couple more than three listeners. Cool. <laughs> right, so you can awesome. do it in half an hour. <laughs> hey, half an hour. We should do this more often. Right. I don't get to chat, I chat about Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Oh yeah, I, I watched Groundhog Day as well. Um, We've still got a bit of time. We've got a bit of time. Let's, let's say, okay, so I'll quickly say that I watched Groundhog Day and it's still awesome. There are still, there's some little flaws in the logic that you can always pick out, but generally it hands it very well. And it's just a clever, interesting film. And it's obviously, and, but mainly it's just hugely entertaining. It's really funny. Love it. There you go. <laughs> um, Sunshine, yeah, I've not seen it for a long time, actually. Um, so I, I couldn't quite, I couldn't remember... Muppet more than I thought. So I watched it again, and it is it, it is amazing. It's so incredible. Yeah. I don't understand how anybody can watch it and not fall in love with it. It's, awesome. it's so imaginative and creative, and how it looks at love and relationships and memory. And it's there's nothing like it. It's just a, such a unique perspective, and I I fucking loved it. I absolutely loved mm. it. I watched it and didn't fall in love with it. Oh, what? Excuse you. <laughs> I, I I I watched that about three times at uni. Because everybody said, oh, it's the most amazing film you'll ever see. And I, hadn't, I, I never really, I never really felt oh. for it. It grew on me, but maybe it's worth a rewatch. It's one of my favourites of the last uh, decade. Oh, DVD it's like <laughs> no, I have maybe, maybe I should rewatch it, but I, it wasn't an instant hit with me, I must admit. I do love those, I, I love the imagination of it. The yeah. of, there's loads of filming techniques and loads of sort of... I just love it. I yeah. love that kind of And what's story. good about it is it's very clever and sort of unique, but it still has that sort of heart to it. It still has the Absolutely, sort of yeah. power to it. Yeah, I, I love that film. I think it's incredible. I haven't seen that for a while, actually. I should give that a rewatch. But yeah, cool. Anyway, should we tie it up? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, cool. See you later, guys. Oh, yeah. See you cool. later, guys. everybody is saying about the lair of the unwanted i know jess and rachel at real insights said the lair is our number one favorite podcast yeah and nick job of demented podcast said i look forward to every episode of the lair you know dylan fields of the lamb cast says i'm planning to get a layer of the unwanted tattoo across my face i love it so much <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mad Hatter of Matinee Cast said, I fucking love this podcast. I would die for it. Yeah, Scott and Whitney at Frankly My Dear said, We got married thanks to Layer of the Unwanted. Kai of the MILF Cast said, Dude, I'm speechless. Check out the almost Lammy nominated podcast about the best of the worst movies that's out there. 
come see what the fuss is all about. Check out The Lair of the Unwanted on iTunes.